You Disciple podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Hi everyone, this is the You Disciple podcast. My name is Silvana. And I'm Father Nicholas. And this is Sister Mary Helen. <laughs> and we're back again. Week week three of our uh, unpacking of Father Jacques Philippe's In the School of the Holy Spirit. Excellent book. But before we get there, mm. I just need to sort of get something off my chest. Tell us. Well. You've I, secretly become <laughs> a fan of my football team. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I almost need a new football team. Hey! Ooh. I'm a Hawk supporter and football used to be a really good opportunity for me to get away on a weekend yeah. and just switch off, but it's really hard to Do support. Do you go to the games? Yeah. You're still going to the games? Yeah, and my old man, uh, one thing I learned from him growing up is you never leave the game before the final siren, no matter how bad it's going. But I went to the Hawks on the weekend and like they didn't kick a goal. They kicked one goal in the first half and it's just <laughs> like... Very hard, especially well, if you had a busy week and you're there going, I just want to just want to relax. So did well, you stay to the end? Yeah, I was Final with him. Siren. So <laughs> That's why. It's just, this is the year to get on the Collingwood bandwagon. I mean, it really is a Catholic team. <laughs> Are you a Collingwood fan? Sister? Absolutely. Black and white. Collingwood forever. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's very contentious. Okay. I think you either like Collingwood or you hate them. Yes. We know where you stand. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, it's, it's getting a bit, uh, it's a bit, bit chilly. A bit mm-hmm. wintry here in, in Melbourne, but um, otherwise... It's very beautiful, though. I've been taking pictures all over my lovely suburb of Bacchus Marsh. The so pretty, leaves. all the leaves down the avenue. You should make a trip. Good time to be in, in the library or in JP2 house or... Studying. In your room, studying, mm-hmm. even if you don't want to be. Like, but it's, what do we have to, week 11 of semester, so mm-hmm. uh, business end of essays. So if you're listening to us as a bit of a study break, uh, know that we're praying for you. That's it. Um, but otherwise, Silvana, we've been sort of uh, knees deep in World Youth Day here at the diocese and getting ready for our pilgrims to go away. So Just knees deep? No, neck deep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's gone a bit further than here. They're drowning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really exciting because we've got 530 pilgrims yeah. coming with us from Melbourne. So um, we're right at the point of airline allocations and mm-hmm. hotel rooms and all that fun stuff. But uh, some great uh, online events this week with our pilgrims as well. So really great to see um, some smiling faces and uh, people really exciting to go. Mm. So, Sister, we're on the, the third week of... Uh, Father Jacques Philippe's book. What what yes. struck you from the chapters that we read this week? Well, actually, I have to tell another train experience. But I was sitting on the train, and my little friend comes in. She goes, "Oh, it's my friend the nun. She sits next to me, and she always <laughs> seems to come and sit next to me when I'm preparing podcasts." And I opened up the chapter, and it says, "How can we know an inspiration comes from God?" We had this whole conversation, uh, and that's it. Like, how can you be certain? And uh, that's. That's what we're looking at today. That was your pre-prep for this episode. You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So how can we know? Well, there's some, there's no certainty, no hard and fast certainty. We would like that, but we are living 
as wayfarers. We are taking steps in faith. Um, so, But there are some really helpful criteria, both internal and external, where we can start to get a sense of what the Holy Spirit might be doing. So Jacques-Philippe has a whole bunch of them. We're going to run through the best of. And he speaks about it's It's really about how do we distinguish the Spirit's voice yes. amidst the others. And I think we've spoken before about him giving a retreat here in Melbourne a few years back, and he spoke about the fact that we generally listen to one of three voices. There's either the voice of God or the Holy Spirit, there's the voice of the evil one mm. or the tempter or there's well, – he's actually – no, there's four. There's the voice of the world mm-hmm. and sort of what we're hearing around us or ourselves, our, our sort of wounded, sort of broken selves and the lies we tell ourselves. So mm-hmm. the real – the skill is how do, we, how do we move through all of those voices to mm-hmm. hear the voice and know that it's the voice of God? Yeah, and I think I'm just thinking we have to want to hear his voice also because some of those other voices are very attractive and very comfortable. And um, But if we really want and actually understand our need to hear his voice, we will really train our ear um, to, to seek out that voice. Um, we've just celebrated Good Shepherd Sunday not that long ago and you know, they know the voice of the shepherd. They don't follow the stranger. And by following that voice, they led to green pastures. Yes, and, and joy and the fullness of life. Yeah, in this life and the life to come. And again, it is this um, sort of reality of where where have I cast my vision? Like, where do I want to go? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to follow the voices of this world and this life and to sort of stay here. But if it is, I'm, I'm looking for eternal life, I'm looking for life beyond, then I need to be able to desire to follow the shepherd yeah. uh, to those pastures. Mm-hmm. So he gives us some pointers and yes. sort of fishing out mm-hmm. uh, the, the shepherd's voice. That's, that's a fishing out a, the shepherd. That's a bit <laughs> of a, <laughs> a mixed, metaphor. mixed metaphor if I ever heard it. <laughs> the first though is that God, like God is a unity, God is a whole and therefore he doesn't contradict himself. Yes. Yeah, there's some really clear things that God's not going to ask us to do something that is against what he's already told us he wants us to do. So basic things of what we learn in scripture or what we learn in the church, the teachings of the church, or even just our duties of our normal state in life. And we touched on this last time, that the Holy Spirit's not generally going to inspire you to do something against those very obvious external criteria. And when he does... I think some of the rest of the criteria come into play. True. And like, so I have this conversation with young people all the time. It's like, okay, God might be asking you to be counter, sort of, God might be inspiring you to do something more or different than, than anything else. Mm. But make sure you've discerned that. Yes. Like, make sure you put that in order. Yeah. Um, a priest said to me once, like, okay, yeah, he might be asking you to do something like some of the great saints. Mm. He said, but are you a saint? Like, <laughs> and then he said, I know you're not. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's He's true. A good it's friend. Like God, God sometimes does push yeah. saints push limits, to, yeah. to really change and reform and be different. Mm. But you then need to use some of the other criteria. But that fundamental one is that he's never going to ask you to do something against his, mm. his revealed word. Yeah, so that is actually a great 
practical point way off at the beginning of this podcast of how well do we know scripture? How well, how familiar are we? How much a part of it us is it? You know, how well do we know the way the Lord acts and what he likes and what he doesn't like? So we have to really, <clears throat> first step in discerning is really immerse ourselves in the truths of the church, in the in the in scripture. And we we did the the Jeff Cavins Bible timeline, Sylvana and mm. I last year. Yeah. And that real understanding of immersing yourself in the Old Testament to mm. see how God has acted throughout the history of salvation. Yep. And has been thoroughly consistent in his actions. Mm-hmm. And I think we spoke about that last week we as well, did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I think like we understand the heart of God through scripture. Like I think it's I think we sometimes forget. We're trying so hard to figure out God's will or understand who God is and we don't read scripture. And it's like, I know I was guilty of that for years, kind of until I immersed myself in scripture. I'm like, no, this is like, this needs to be the first place I go. And this is when then when the church comes in because the church is the authentic interpreter of the word of God for us. And so again, we can look at the magisterium and the teachings of the church as some sort of authority over us or we can say, no, this is how we know that we're, we're authentically interpreting the word of God in the situations that we find ourselves now. Right. Uh, Bishop Peter Elliott, one of the auxiliary bishops, once explained to us as seminarians that it's like uh, reading a family photo album and that the church is like the family sitting around describing what's in the album mm-hmm. and it pulling it apart and making it so much richer mm-hmm. because they know the stories behind mm-hmm the photos yep. and so the church continues to up for us mm-hmm. um, all these years later to authentically tell us how to interpret the the stories that we find in the scriptures yeah beautiful okay so there's a kind of external things of yeah. discerning yeah but then there's also internal <clears throat> so <clears throat> some ways of knowing and this is sort of a backwards knowledge <laughs> it's helpful but not directly helpful in the moment but the Lord says, you know, a tree is known by its fruit. So we can see and we build up an experience over time of, you know, trying. Oh, I think this is what God is asking me. I'll jump. And then maybe it worked or maybe it didn't work. And we get to know by the results of what we're doing. Okay, that was him. That was not him. That was my impatience. Or no, that was really the Lord. And we build up this. What's the fruit of me acting on what I think is inspiration? And he points out that. Inspirations of the Holy Spirit will bear fruit. Yes. It's not a mm. maybe they will bear fruit. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, they will. Mm. And so if if you look for the fruits, and he speaks about the fact that following the Holy Spirit is a bit of trial and error sometimes. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we need to launch out and test something. But looking for the fruit of what it is and the direction that we're going in and the prompting that we've listened to is a really good indicator. Yeah, and the fruit is, well, for example, you know, we're dedicating our lives to God and I might never see the fruit of it externally in, you know, you just go preach and you just hope. But internally I can see the fruit in myself of what happens in me when I'm cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So the fruits of of the Holy Spirit, peace, joy, gentleness, goodness, Etc. I think that's pretty, and it's it's one of those things that's really simple, but it's also very regularly forgotten. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, how is this making me feel? Like what is happening mm. inside of me right now when I think about this or when I pray about it or when I, when I do it? Mm-hmm. What, what gifts am I, I receiving? And that he points out when we start looking at this question of discernment of spirits, it should, more often than not, it's pretty simple. Mm. Is it bringing those gifts of the Holy Spirit, peace, joy, tranquility, um, humility, or is it making me sad, upset, anxious, afraid? Mm-hmm. Generally, it's pretty easy to tell these things. The interior movement of the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, some big decisions that I've had to make in my life, um, I'll often, and, and Father Jacques Philippe ta- actually touches on this, where there's, I'll feel like the Lord's asking me to do something and I'll be like, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, and, I, and I don't want to, right? And I, I have, I've had moments where that happens. Um, and then over time, the Lord changes my heart because I've opened myself to the possibility of this thing. Um, and then the fruit that comes about as a result, the peace, the I can trust the Lord that he will carry me through what he's asking me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've been marked signs that where the Lord is asking me to, to, to walk into is where, yeah, um, it's, it's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, so. There is a difference, though, between that depth of spiritual knowledge and the experience of the soul and our emotions and our feelings. And he points out that even when we step out in trust following the Holy Spirit, they will still remain often um, challenges on that human and psychological level. Yes. And so, again, being able to determine um, what's really happening here mm-hmm. because you can, and Savannah, much like you, a sister, you would have been the same in the determinant of a vocation for interest. Like, you have to make big calls and trust in the Holy Spirit and it's interesting that within a sense of deep peace that you're doing the right thing, there can still be fear, anxiety, worry, concern, the the natural challenges of the world mm-hmm. um, in which you live. Yeah. I think he, he presents a little rule here. He says, a divine inspiration can disturb us to begin with, but to the extent that we do not refuse it but open ourselves to it and consent to it, little by little it will establish peace in us. And peace is something that that is from God. Uh, so not the pretend peace of the world (laughs) you know jesus says i give you the peace not as the world gives i give it to you it's a different peace it's very deep um but it's it's a real sign of god's presence with us and i've had a couple of practical experiences of it in my life one was when i finally made the decision to go and see the vocations director here in melbourne and i was absolutely anxious and worried and afraid but as I walked out of the vocations office, I felt physically like a weight had been lifted. There was this real, there was a sense of an interior peace. Mm-hmm. Then very quickly, I had to tell my family and I had to do everything that then needed to be done. But because of that experience of interior peace and a real sense that I, I was following the prompting of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that then carried me through the the more superficial struggles and challenges. Yeah. I think another thing he highlights is when we are doing something 
Mm. That's we're following a divine inspiration. It'll be marked by other virtues, so and particularly humility and constancy. Sometimes we can feel a superficial piece of I got my own way and I did my thing and I did, but it will break down over time and it will be mixed with all sorts of vainglory or pride or whatever. Um, but but when we're following God, that that takes a a certain level of humility and um, it, it it'll mark the experience. And he speaks about, and we spoke about this a little bit last week, the need to then be able to monitor your own sort of experience and that because there is this testing and this moving and this trialling of things, like we need to be attuned Mm -hmm. to the movements of our heart and the movements of the spirit within us. And so we spoke last week about examining our conscience but also examining the movements of the spirit in a day. Right. And that actually is something that we need to do if we want to grow in our practice of presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's true. And even I'm thinking there, that matches this sort of humility uh, that you develop. I don't know. This was really helpful when I was younger. Someone said, um, you know, you have to have the capacity to laugh at yourself. And I found that incredibly helpful in life. And what it also lets you do is be very free to just respond. Just, I think this is what God is asking me. I don't feel all urgent and, you know, about it, but it seems like a reasonably good thing to do. I'm just going to do it. And then if I mess up and I'm at home at night and I'm examining, oh, I really just put my foot in it there. But I did it out of love for God. I can laugh at that and, and it, it even helps you grow in humility, even if it wasn't the best step. Uh, yeah, and I think we see it in the lives of the apostles, mm. that willingness to step out in trust with the Lord yeah. and to follow him and trust that, as we said, the good shepherd, he will lead you if you're open to it. Mm-hmm. And again, by examining yourself regularly at the end of each day and sort of going, okay, well, it was actually pretty clear that I probably lost my way a little bit yeah. that day. <laughs> or yeah. maybe that was my pride a little bit more mm-hmm. than it was trusting in the Holy Spirit or following God's prompting. But by keeping that in check, then we learn from our mistakes and we we try to do it. And again, it, it's not... It's not something you have to leave to the end of the day, but mm-hmm. like, what what are we doing throughout the day to ensure that we're uh, we're calling on the presence of the Holy Spirit throughout the day, yeah. um, and not just sort of charging through the day at our own our own rate, and then mm-hmm. getting to the end of the day going, oh well, the Holy Spirit wasn't present much today. <laughs> Silvana, you work with me all day. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> any, I was any, out of the <laughs> any, any, any comment on that? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> he does somewhere in the chapter. I can't find the exact quote. He does say, "Like this is a lifelong." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's don't, okay. Don't be afraid. Mm. <laughs> we don't get it right all the time. Not even the greatest saints sort no. of got it right all the time. But it's really good to at least step rather than be paralyzed before taking any step. Like I want total certainty before I do anything. And we just have a sort of spiritual paralysis then that's really unhealthy. Um, so no, better make mistakes and laugh. I mean, in, in out of love. Because who do you really upset? Often just you're just sort of upsetting your own pride and it's good to have a laugh at that sometimes and I think growth in maturity like it takes us falling sometimes or failing or not always like or misstepping sometimes to actually grow like yeah the only time we grow is in that kind of discomfort right um maturity in 
just everyday experiences as well as in the spiritual life um, requires us to be able to to make decisions, um, reflect upon them and decide whether or not, yeah, did we do that in the, with the best intention or um, – yeah. So I think, I think it's holding things lightly to a degree where we can laugh at ourselves but also not having this like – pressure on ourselves that everything needs to be perfect all the time Mm. and until all every single duck is lined up right then I can act Mm. um I think uh there's something he points out that I think is really important and he says that the the foundational thing will be obedience Mm -hmm. but then also consistency with our vocation Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really important thing because sometimes we can throw oh well the Holy Spirit's asking me to do this and it's like yeah you sure he's not asking you to write that essay right yeah. Like those those basic things of, okay, um, obedience to the scriptures and the church first. Okay, obedience to my state in life mm-hmm. second. Like what God, God has called me to do this right now. Am I being obedient to that? Okay, and then what's God asking me? So working through those levels I think can be really helpful in the discernment. And if, I am, if I'm striving to be open to the Holy Spirit in those ordinary means first, mm. then I'm going to be well-practised to be open to him in the extraordinary means when they come up. That's true. Okay, there's two main points that I think are key. I've I've watched them in myself and others. One of them is... No one in this room, though. (laughs) (laughs) We're just speaking truth to the world. Here we go. Um, These two questions. One, is God's will always the choice that is more difficult? Yes. (laughs) No. 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 Yeah, that one. Um, Well, okay, let's just do that one first. Yeah, that is a question. I I actually thought that. I I remember as a young thing, I was doing a year on net and uh, I, I thought, oh, maybe I should do another year. And I thought, I'll go wherever and... But my criteria, I was getting all in knots because my criteria was, yes, that would be the hard thing. It would be the really thing that would take so much generosity out of me. So I really should do that um, because it's the hardest thing. And thank goodness I saw through that at some point. The Lord helped me. but And I threw that criteria away. Like it's good to do. I mean, the Lord asks us for the maximum of love not specifically that for the maximum of difficulty. Um, so that's a, a better criteria. What is us, what's the greater love? And in that case for myself, I hadn't finished my degree. Like I'd finished one, I haven't finished the second one. I had things to do. I needed to move on and I can be generous in other ways. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes we get overcomplicated about decisions if we put that as the criteria. I love the line where he says, God is a loving father, not an executioner. Exactly. Mm. And it's like, I think we, and again, when we go back through scriptures yep. and we see time and time again, God's love and forgiveness and mercy and calling people into relationship with him is f- mm. there. Not, okay, there's periods of wrath and judgment <laughs> and, and hardship, but it's normally when they have turned away from him. So if we're seeking his will and we're seeking to be open to the Holy Spirit, then we need to turn back to him yeah. uh, and trust that he's a loving father. Mm-hmm. That's, that's his first and primary sort of relationship with us. Mm-hmm. I think as well, I think coming back to sometimes how we understand fatherhood mm. could be a big factor in, in um, our ability to be able to really discern and trust that the Lord 
wants what is best for us, right, um, and has a plan for us that is for us to flourish. Um, and I think, yeah, really understanding, like, like what does it mean that God is a father? Like, mm. um, that means a lot more than him being an absent father. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. very present. He knows what we need. He knows what's stirring within our hearts and he deeply cares for us mm. in a way that no one else ever can or ever would. Um, and it's, yeah, really calling to mind, like, no, he's not an executioner. Okay, I can mm-hmm. actually trust the Lord because he's shown time and time again that he is trustworthy. Yeah. I was speaking with a very wise priest yesterday who reminded me that all things are passing. <laughs> we are but travellers here. Yeah, but he just said, like, just remember, and this priest has been a priest for over 50 years, and he just said, I look back at my 50 years of priesthood and remember, like, not a lot of it. Like, everything is passing. Like, mm-hmm. But our, our daily holiness, our daily uniting ourselves to the Lord mm-hmm. um, is what, what endures. And I think, again, we can sometimes become overwhelmed by by what God might be asking of us or what, what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. And so then we, we automatically think about all the big things. And I think Father Jacques Philippe just reminds us that the commandment is to love, like love first, build that relationship with the Lord, have that centre in your life and everything else will unfold mm-hmm. and will become clearer. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the key points for me in uh, the chapter, and I think this is a really important tool for discerning those bigger things in our life, is that that consistency of the Holy Spirit over time. Mm-hmm. And so say we are discerning a big decision, we don't make that overnight. Yep. Uh, how is God prompting and deep if we deepen our relationship with the lord then if it is truly from him it will deepen with us over time yeah god is very rarely urgent yes especially when it comes <laughs> for big decisions yep uh so if we trust in the lord and we trust that it is a real and true prompting of the holy spirit it won't go away mm-hmm. it will only deepen over time if we deepen in our in our love for him and our relationship with him yeah I think urgency is something to flag. Yeah. Yep. It's not usually a sign of I mean Mary arose and went with haste, right? But she <laughs> Plug. What did they think? But she had really clear what she was doing and where she yeah. was going. And she lived a life of openness to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it was she'd practiced all of these things throughout her life. She was deeply immersed in the scriptures. She she knew what to see when it came. Yeah, she was completely docile, so she mm. could, you know, she's spouse of the Holy Spirit, right? So she could just move with him. And I suppose that's where you go back to the that, uh, advice to me many years ago, well, are you as holy as Mary? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you're as holy as Mary, then maybe move with haste. But yeah. if you're if you're if you're a bit earlier on in the journey of of holiness, you can afford to just stick right. it out. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, again it goes back to that question around Fidelity to the simple things first. Mm. Am I being faithful to my relationship with the Lord? Am I reading the scriptures? Am I immersed in 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 the church and and the truths of the church? Am I being faithful to my state of life as it is now? Okay, if I'm doing all of those things, then God will speak to me about making haste yeah. and going and doing something mm. the next step. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can go, oh, well, this is what God's asked me. It's like, oh, yeah, how's your prayer life? <laughs> oh, well, you know. Yeah. Okay. I think last really important point is 
um, this whole idea of we react differently depending on the importance of the inspiration. So generally the Holy Spirit, I mean the Holy Spirit is speaking to us all the time. And so most of the time we can just simply respond, just go, just do the good thing. The next good thing in front of you, do it. And probably it was the Holy Spirit. Um, We don't, in a sense, count small change with the same care that we count gold ingots, you know. Uh, You don't overcomplicate a simple inspiration to do good and I've watched people agonize over I just don't know if my intention is really really pure enough to do this one little good thing that takes me 10 minutes uh just do it (laughs) so um that's really really important and then when it's a big life decision okay take longer make sure you don't rush something that is really really important take the time and maybe open your heart to someone who's wiser and holier than you so that you can gain um some better insights and not try and figure it all out all out in your head. We don't discern what we're having for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes we can discern the small things where yeah. we should actually just decide. Yes. Like trust our judgment, step out, or just make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discern big things. Mm-hmm. And I really agree, sister. When it comes to discernment of, of a big thing, we're often not the best judge. Mm-hmm. So by calling in a wise a wise counsellor, a, a priest, a, a friend, someone who's made that decision a, a ahead of you, be it marriage, religious life, priesthood, um, or any big decision, like having somebody help you in that and be that sort of sounding board for how the spirit might be working in your life uh, is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really being on the other side of that when you're watching <laughs> um, people struggle with discernment. It's very simple. When you're not the person in the mix, <laughs> it's very simple actually when you look at them, the marks of what God is doing. Like when there's joy and there's peace and there's generosity, you're like, yeah, just move forward. Like this, yes. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. I love that because I think it's very true. Mm. I think you can see it in others. Like sometimes it takes somebody outside to go, this is clearly not the prompting of the Holy Spirit <laughs> in you right now. Like you can, I, I can see the change in you right now. Yeah, and sometimes, and, and I need people to say it to me. Mm. And I say it to someone. So no, I <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and equally so, you can go, I've seen a dramatic change in you over the, like yeah. this is clearly the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, right. But having someone who can help with that is really helpful. And I think like people actually, they, they they notice when we're at our best and we're, we're at our worst, right? And so often when we're in the thick of trying to make a decision or discerning something, we won't be able to see it sometimes clearly enough how the fruits are manifesting or not, right? And so I think it's really important for us to have people that can speak into those yeah. experiences. I'm seeing joy and peace here, right? Yeah. Um, or like, is everything okay? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I've just, there's one bug in my mind. Yeah, joy, peace, but detachment. I think uh, that's another good sign mm. of, 
I just really want what God wants and I'm detached and I am ready. I'll Lord. Do, yeah. I'll do your will. Yeah, that's it. Um, sorry, I'm going to throw a random example <laughs> <laughs> at the end of at this the podcast. End. No, I watched Outro this. music. Oh, <laughs> no. No. I watched my sister when she was discerning her marriage and it, it, just that. The families could tell that her and her now husband were better people together than they were apart. That when they were together, they were more available to their families. They were happier. They were going somewhere. They had plans. They were – it was obvious to everybody, even though they were very young, yes, get married. It's working. And, yeah, but it's similar with uh, vocations to the priesthood. Like people say, oh, well, priests can pick, if you know what I mean, or you know. But it's not that you can see something, but you can see the movement in the heart of the young man and you know what it was like in your own life. And you yeah. can go, I can see that look. Like it's happening. I, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I know it's happening. So uh, it's, yeah, trust, being able to trust others to point it out mm-hmm. and say, hey, there's something. God's working in your life right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's the end. And that's our sort of lead up to Pentecost. I know. So any final thoughts? I mean, the only novena I do faithfully every year, which is this novena for Pentecost. It's I the best. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a, another po- a whole podcast topic on... On the Holy Spirit. I was going to say novenas. Because okay. I am terrible with novenas. I, I'm terrible too, but I really need this one. I've only completed, <laughs> we are well over time. I've only <laughs> ever completed, completed one novena in its entirety. Your like, whole life? Because I always forget a day or miss a day or <laughs> skip a day or whatever. Uh. And the one that I completed in its entirety, something remarkable happened at the very end. So, so wow. is this a sign maybe you should do more, no- do more novenas <laughs> and complete them? <laughs> and on that note, that's the end. <laughs> So, um, hope everyone has a good week, and we're yeah we are praying for you all, especially in this lead up to exams and essays, and for all of our pilgrims who are getting ready to go to World Youth Day. Uh, we look forward to seeing you around at the various activities and events. But otherwise, thanks, Silvana. Goodbye. Thanks, Sister Mary Helen. Bye. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.